Hello everyone, welcome to another new episode of Mandate Business Line Special Series on the elections in West Bengal, Assam, Tamil Nadu, Kerala and Puducherry. I am Nivedita Radhagarajan. This week, we take a look at the obvious thing which is there in play, uh, the surge of coronavirus in India and how it has been impacted by the elections or if there is an impact there. Today, I am joined by Associate Editor Purnima Joshi and we talk about the elections in West Bengal and the centre-state relationship. Thank you so much for joining us today, Purnima. Hello, Nivedita. Thank you. When the election started on the 1st of April, that is the first day of this month, there were about 6,000 cases in West Bengal. Now, the figures have basically doubled. Is it right for us to like uh, like have a correlation saying that elections have played a case here because in like other parts of India, like say Maharashtra, there were so elections, but then the cases have spiked? No, no. Obviously, there's a correlation, uh, which of course the leaders are all denying because uh, uh, they didn't anticipate this. They didn't plan for it. And uh, in the first uh, four or five phases, they were all busy campaigning. Uh, people were being paid to come to their rallies. Nobody was wearing a mask. Nobody was uh, advising people to wear a mask. Uh, and these are all people in authority, the uh, senior members of the cabinet, the prime minister, the chief minister. Everybody was busy campaigning. Uh, but obviously, after the surge, once the surge happened, it has had a logistical impact. Suddenly, the election commission also got into action and they didn't, uh, they didn't sort of uh, club the rest of the phases together. Uh, which is uh, what a whole lot of parties have had mm. uh, demanded, including the Trinamool Congress, actually. Uh, but uh, they put curbs on the campaigning. Yeah. So, uh, And after the fifth phase, uh, even the prime minister suspended uh, campaigning. Uh, so they uh, initially they denied any correlation, but it is too obvious. And the outrage, especially on the social media, is too, uh, uh, too hyper for them to ignore it. So they've suspended rallies, etc., uh, so that is the logistical impact. What uh, one has to look at and decipher is uh, is whether there is an actual political e- electoral impact uh, on on the outcome of the elections. How hmm. how people are responding to uh, to this unfolding crisis. And about that, I'm not so sure whether uh, uh, you know these noises on on the social media or the mainstream media now. Uh, uh, which has also started to cover it, uh, uh, you know, extensively, is uh, is reflecting in voter behavior, which um, uh, which was influenced earlier in the earlier phases by uh, the rise of the BJP. There is anti-incumbency about Mamta, uh, against Mamta Banerjee and her party. Uh, BJP having presented a plausible alternative, be a novelty factor being a, uh, being with the BJP. Uh, and its resurgence in 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 Bengal, all of that, whether it has been impacted by by the rise in COVID cases, one is not too certain. And I would go to the extent of saying that it's uh, probably uh, a more middle class sort of urban phenomena where people, uh, uh, some people are getting outraged. But uh, whether it has percolated down to the rural areas where actually the BJP has consolidated, one is not too certain about that. Actually, it's not just the middle class which is concerned. Even the High Court, Kolkata High Court, pulled up the Election Commission just yesterday. Can you tell us a little bit about what they said? 
Well, high courts across the country have been uh, sending alarm bells, including the Calcutta High Court, of course, which uh, which asked the election campaign to act uh, more swiftly, take uh, take appropriate action, and so on. But the EC has allowed the elections to go on, which is unfortunate because uh, um, uh, when the rest of the uh, assembly elections, including a big state like Tamil Nadu, when they could uh, complete the elections in one phase. There is no fathomable reason uh, for West Bengal elections to go on for eight phases, uh, you know, which uh, uh, the netas might deny it. But mm-hmm. uh, between gatherings, you know, large crowds and COVID surge, there is a correlation. It's not fair and it's not logical. And it is, uh, it is uh, incomprehensible to me that they haven't acted uh, uh, reacted to this emergency and clubbed the phases together and, uh, you know, held one uh, one uh, phase uh, poll for the rest of the phases. They have gone along uh, with all the, re- all the rest of the eight phases. So even if campaigning is now being done virtually and so on, there will be, uh, there will be uh, three phases in which the, uh, the people will gather and, and vote as opposed to just one, uh, one polling day. So, um, that's unfortunate. But having said that, even the high court's response would be the response of a certain type of people to this crisis. Uh, you know, I mean, there is there has to be a perspective about Corona and the outrage, outrage that is spilling out. You know, there are uh, nationally, if you look at it, there are 1000 deaths due to Corona. And largely these deaths are taking place because, uh, uh, you know, the basics, oxygen cylinders, uh, immediate healthcare is not available to people. Hospitals are running out of oxygen. Now, that kind of situation, if you know the, mm. the a certain class of people, people who read the English language newspapers and listen to the uh, to the television or uh, or on are on social media, they haven't uh, ever been through the indignity of lying in the hospital corridors waiting for to be admitted or gasping for breath. But this is common reality for, I would say, 90% of the people, population in India, uh, which uh, uh, I would remind you, they are, there are 1,004 deaths due to diarrhea in India every day. And who are these people who die of diarrhea or tuberculosis every day? People who do not have access to clean drinking water. Poorest of the poor. The poorest of the poor. For them, lack of access to clean drinking water, people who cannot fix ROs in their homes and are forced to, uh, and they, you know, their nutrition levels are uh, are down, their immunities are down. For them, it's uh, a major disease. Uh, people who are on contractual employment or are in the informal sector or are daily wages, they lose their livelihood if there is a uh, there is a major mm. disease in the family or if a family member is dying and somebody has to cater to them. So for them, it's a double whammy and they have lived with it uh, for decades now as India has uh, has progressed without spending, um, uh, you know, like a fraction of their GDP, 1.5%, not more than that. Even 1.55 is an exaggeration on healthcare. So uh, uh, this is the state of affairs, uh, which is commonplace for the poor in India especially in rural areas. This is fairly common. People die of absolutely 100% curable diseases because the, the linkages between poverty, social determinants of health, etc. have not been made with, with disease. So now that, you know, uh, people are dying of absolutely 
you know, necessary basics like oxygen. Uh, so far, Indians have been dying of lack of access to uh, to clean drinking water. Uh, and now it's air. We are gasping for breath and the oxygen is running out. Uh, but the only difference is that now uh, the virus is sort of egalitarian. It's striking across classes and it's highly infectious. So they're all happening at one go. Uh, and there is a crisis. So it's impacting and it's leading to a certain outrage. But whether it will lead to any any change in the policy direction or people spending more on public health care, etc., I'm not so sure about that. So that's very morbid. But we need to talk a little bit about the uh, political aspect here. You talked about how there's a lot of mismanagement and you spoke a little bit about it previously also, in the, even in the last podcast. Is the BJP actually concerned about the mismanagement in West Bengal, of, co- of the COVID mismanagement in Bengal? And could it help the party win? Well, you know, COVID is not really uh, still, I would say it, it is not uh, an election issue uh, in Bengal. And mismanagement would be blamed as much on Mamta Banerjee. She was as busy in elections as, as the BJP was. Mismanagement is at the national scale. And to be fair, really... Uh, it's not just the the present government that is to be blamed for the crisis that has that has become uh, sort of endemic in the health sector in India. I mean, uh, for the last 20, 30 years, we have uh, we have shut down public sector units uh, in in vaccine manufacturing. Uh, uh, we have no emergency uh, uh, fallbacks in health, and we have not invested in public healthcare infrastructure. So, mm-hmm. in a crisis. Then, uh, then how do you deal with it? We have not invested, and in the, the healthcare infrastructure has collapsed. There is such a huge surge that you cannot uh, blame one party. Having said that, at the central level, there is obviously people have been caught unawares. BJP, uh, you know, which is ruling at the center, they passed a resolution on twenty first February this year, saying that the prime minister has defeated uh, Corona, and they were jubilant. Now. Uh, it's a collective mm. crisis. I mean, it's a collective failure to gauge the second wave, which the whole world had been warning us against. And it was believed that there, there was all sorts of math- mathematical uh, uh, sort of projections, which showed that India, if it happens, it will be a really bad crisis, given the concentration of our population, the, the way the cities are congested, congested etc. So, uh, even for one moment, if we believe that the politicians were, were unaware or illiterate about the about the crisis and the way it will unfold, I wonder what uh, what institutions and research institutions and and our scientific community was doing. Why were they not warning the government about the surge that will come and the impact? So, what have we learned from the crisis in uh, last year? Nothing. Uh, you know, the healthcare infrastructure is crumbling and people are dying mm. in the in the hospital corridors. That is the morbid reality of today's times. But I am actually not certain whether it will impact... Just like the, last year. Uh, just It's much worse than last year because we have new mutants. They are far more infectious and uh, our vaccine cover is as low as 8%. We are supposed to be the vaccine factory of the world. We have not been able to produce enough max- vaccines or, or, or uh, vaccinate, uh, uh, you know, do enough to vaccinate the entire population. So uh, we are failing at all fronts. Now, uh, whether that will have uh, an impact on West Bengal elections, I'm not too certain about that. Because as I said, this is uh, this is a crisis, in, in, a crisis in, engulfing the whole cr- country across classes. 
and everybody but uh, for uh, we must remember for the poor for the larger masses this is everyday reality for them you they have the slightest of disease even a common injury uh, to children will lead to death diarrhea leads to death in india must must remember the figures for diarrhea are higher than covid deaths in india still so uh, whether they will respond to this crisis and vote the uh, vote uh, for mamta again and and for for the west bengal government the again uh, you know health also needs to be handled at the state level what precisely has she done to handle it what arrangements has she made to vaccinate her population whether she was she was aware of uh, of the crisis and what she did to to curb movement or campaigning those are also questions that will be asked so i think the question in bengal uh, so far as politics is concerned and political impact of covid is concerned it will remain muted uh, it has li- resulted in logistical responses in the sense that the prime minister has curbed his rallies bengal chief minister has curbed her rallies and and so on and virtual rallies are right now going on elections are still on by the way so uh, uh, but people when they vote uh, it would be still uh, 10 years of mamta government the novelty factor with the bjp uh, there is a sort of communal consolidation uh, there and uh, the the fact that the bjp has been able to project itself as a pro- plausible uh, alternative to the ruling government so interesting that you speak about what mamta did to get enough supplies of oxygen and everything for her state because mamta banerji has blamed the center for diverting oxygen which is meant for west bengal to bjp rural state especially uh, up this lack of trust between the center and state will it impact uh, how the covid is handled in the state and will that impact the election i don't think so i don't think so i think it's very very cynical this kind of uh, statement uh, by the chief minister uh, you know which is totally uh, political statement and uh, uh, the discourse is so polarized and uh, there has been no coordination whatsoever between the center and the state uh, in the handling of this pandemic which is national which is disastrous proportions and the response has been polarized uh, you know people speak uh, depending on what political line will speak uh, will will work for them and this is true for the center as well as the state the smooth functioning of uh, of a system uh, you know after all uh, in delhi we have seen a situation where haryana has refused to uh, to uh, allow oxygen supply to delhi haryana has the plants oxygen plants and they're not allowing uh, delhi to access the, uh, that uh, yeah. oxygen that is the reality that is what the chief minister has been saying for the last two days haryana doesn't have that kind of requirement their cases case load is not as high as delhi and to be fair delhi houses i mean the concentration of uh, hospitals which will cater to people from uh, what is called the national capital region uh, which includes parts of haryana is in delhi uh, but haryana is hoarding uh, oxygen they have not allowed oxygen so only when the yeah. prime minister intervened yesterday said a few strong words that uh, the supply started yesterday uh, the uh, you know many of the hospitals in in delhi were running out of oxygen uh, and uh, i know for a fact that in holy family hospital ox- oxygen was available only till 12:30 there were 384 uh, 
patients whom the doctors were scared will will uh, will lose their lives if the oxygen doesn't uh, reach in time so they were running helter skelter emergency supplies were made available this kind of situation is unacceptable uh, but there has been no coordinated response uh, to this right from the beginning everybody is playing politics including the center and the states so it's a very unfortunate state of affairs uh, but uh, it hasn't had any uh, political impact in bengal uh, so far as far as i could make out what does this say about the center state relationship in general and about federalism in india because if the states and and the center cannot work together on an issue which can save millions of lives then what's the point of them even being there yeah well uh, you know since uh, 2014 when the government came with a majority there has been uh, a sort of a certain amount of centralization in in the functioning of uh, uh, of the system and the states uh, have accused the uh, the center of uh, of taking away especially their fiscal autonomy uh, what with the gst then sudden announcement of demonetization etc yeah. the states have been uh, arguing that uh, they are not being give, given their uh, their share of the gst uh, sort of uh, uh and uh, also uh, there hasn't been enough coordination there's been a lot of politics uh and in in gst uh, for instance if there was still a functional a statutory body uh in the form of gst council which was ironing out uh, these differences and which uh, mm. despite the states voicing their concerns and so on it has been rolled out it is functioning uh even in terms of states borrowing etc the finance minister has intervened and states have more or less accepted that that kind of uh structure is not available when the pandemic pandemic of the scale of what has hit india uh has emerged so uh since last year there has been a lot of push and pull between the center and the states with the states saying we don't have enough money our fiscal uh, health is not good we need more money to combat this the center is not giving enough center has its own logic against the states so uh, uh, uh something like an interstate council should have been set up uh last year itself when we were we were aware i mean it wasn't uh, rocket science to figure out that india with its concentration and its congested cities will be hit hit very hard uh with that and we'll need coordination between the states now in even in a in a in a certain uh in a specific context of uh, let's say uh availability of oxygen now it's a fact that some states need it more than the other states you know maharashtra for instance delhi uh you know and uh, states in the northeast don't need, need it so much states like odisha mm. don't need it so much so how much of this talk why isn't there a daily meeting or a weekly meeting on this uh of all the health ministers and coordination i mean even in a in the functioning of a small institution like a newspaper we do have daily meetings where we figure out what to put where because it's an everything is dynamic and emerging so i don't see any reason why the states and the center can't sit together and figure it out yeah. uh you know why does the prime minister have to sit and take review meetings uh suddenly on an emergency uh, basis as opposed to structures having been set up which will address these issues uh you know in up we had the unprecedented situation of the high court imposing lockdowns in four five cities which then the supreme court objected to this is clearly stepping into the executive do- uh, domain by the judiciary yeah. but when the state is absent the situation in uh, uttar pradesh is horrific 
you have you have uh, scenarios of uh, of bodies being cremated on on the roadsides uh, so uh, uh, when this kind of uh, crisis unfolds then and you don't see a proper response then uh, th- there has to be some structural uh, uh, response to this na? i mean you can't have a blame game going on between the center and the state you have to have a structure which will take responsibility a daily responsibility yeah. and uh, uh, you know i don't see any reason why there shouldn't be a collective sort of effort for this and and uh, real time data on who reads what and 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 transfers uh, you know so um, uh, it's a spectacular failure of the system uh, and i shudder to think what's going to going to happen in the coming days when the when the infection rate has not gone down even in delhi which has which has seen a lockdown for the last uh, one week finally before we go what are the lessons we can learn from uh, conducting elections during the times of covid for all we can assume covid here to stay and is going to be these waves and uh, what are some of the lessons that all of us people like you who are on the ground covering uh, and the officials what are some of the lessons that we can all get from uh, from these elections i mean i suppose the first thing is to suspend this level of very high cynicism and partisan games and think about uh, think for a moment about what we are subjecting our people to i mean when when bihar elections were held for the first time during covid there was some semblance of uh, uh, you know some structure having been laid down the ec laid down some guidelines and uh, there were supposed to have been virtual rallies and some but in, when we saw the election unfold it was business as usual nobody was wearing a mask everybody was going around addressing large, large crowds and there was a surge in cases in bihar at that time uh, you know so having seen that yeah. i i i would presume the election commission would be far more vigilant and far more uh, you know a little firmer with the political parties they'll all have their partisan gains to be made institutional responses to this crisis whether it's the election commission or uh, bodies like the indian council for medical research or the scientific community uh, even the premier institutions like the all india institute of medical sciences today itself you know you you've seen doctors bodies writing to the prime minister saying why are the government hospitals reserving beds for for politicians why aren't uh, uh, when the doctors don't have reserve reserve beds why why are bed, beds being reserved for for vips uh, you know mm-hmm. this is the sort of culture and total chaos that we have perpetrated uh, on the system and institutional responses autonomous institutions are not standing up and telling the telling the government what to do and what is right and what is wrong here so some sort of institutional integrity is required out here on the part of the election commission as much as as on the part of every other institution that is existing Thank you so much Purnima for joining us today. It has been a purely morbid topic to talk about but thanks for joining us. We'll be back next week to talk about the elections and the results possible. Thank you all for joining us.